Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Hi, I'm Vanessa Bayer, and this is my brother, Jonah. We're two siblings who love to talk about our childhood and nostalgia and how it shaped us into the people we are today. Who are extremely smart, if I do say so myself. Welcome to How Did We Get Weird? So, Jonah, I was thinking about our cat, Pumpkin Garfield Bayer, from growing up. And I thought maybe we could just do a little tribute to him today, just talking about our favorite memories with him. Yeah, I don't really have any. I mean, I feel like <laughs> you really took care of this cat in high school. He was like a stray cat. And I never really he wasn't connected. Stray because he was neutered. So we knew he wasn't stray. Oh, he was neutered? I never knew that. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that I was we were talking about before this that you didn't quite remember which is cool i was really in my own kind of zone at that point i think yeah. like really into music and practicing with my bands and i was not really connecting with animals yeah you and mom were not as into the cat me and dad were kind of more into it you know i i don't know if you remember like the true origin story of pumpkin was that he was just hanging around our neighborhood and I remember on the bus being in kind of a light competition for him with the Paglio family. Like they kind of wanted to adopt him too. I think we might've put signs up to try and find the owner of Pumpkin and we couldn't. And so then I think we like kind of adopted him. We took him to the vet. That's how we found out he was neutered. And like, well, if his owners are, you know, not looking for him and and we tried to find them, then we're just going to adopt him. And again, I think dad and I were more into him than you and mom. But according to my friend Kitty, she was the only one who was into him. 
Well, I remember him dismembering a lot of animals and leaving them for us. Yeah, which is, I think, a thing that cats do to like show you that they like you is they like he would like find mice and kill them and then leave their guts. And I think one time scared our grandma Marge really badly because she was leaving the house and like on the stoop was like a bunch of guts. Yeah. So, yeah, that could be scary. You know, something about him that I told you about that you didn't know was that he would go missing sometimes for like he because he was an indoor outdoor cat and we wouldn't be able to find him for like days. And I would go back on our backyard swing set and I would like sing to him. I would like yell, sing like pumpkin, pumpkin. And then I would harmonize with myself and I'd go pumpkin and he would come back. Like we had a huge backyard with like a bunch of neighbors. He would he would hear it and he would come back. Most most times it worked. So also another thing I want to mention about Pumpkin is our friends would always come over and talk about how his hair was in dreadlocks from like he always was so matted. Yeah, probably could have gotten him groomed, you know. We did once in a while. And that's okay. That's part two of the story is that we would get him groomed. And I don't know where I was for all this. I mean, I was around, I guess. I know you weren't paying attention. Wasn't, no. And it was your idea to talk about pumpkin today, which is really funny. Well, yeah, it was my idea because now I have a kitten and a puppy who I love so much and spend so much time with. Right. That's why this is always, this is shocking to me when I see you with your current cat and dog is that you really didn't have time for pumpkin, but you really... Different era, different era. Different era, different era. Yes. But now you love pets. Do you want to talk for a second about your pets? Sure. Yeah, I have a kitten. He just turned one. His name is Orly. And uh, we have a rescue puppy, me and my wife. And she is now 10 months old. Very cute. So they're great. They're really sweet. And uh, yeah, so little homage to Pumpkin, who, uh, sorry, I didn't really spend more time with. But, you know, I was I was a teenager. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? And to give just one more time, say his full name, Pumpkin Garfield Bayer. I gave him the middle name Garfield when we were younger because he was a big orange cat. Yeah, no, I got it. I got it. Although when he would when we would get him like shaved every summer, we would find out that he was actually quite slender. It was just that he had very long hair. Huh, who knew? Okay. Um <laughs> <laughs> Well, I actually see a pet with today's guest. So maybe she'll have something to say about her own relationship with her pets. Our guest today is a Tony nominated actress. You know, you know her from Search Party. Santa Clarita Diet, NCIS New Orleans. Let's welcome Shalita Grant to the podcast. Hey, Shalita. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here, Shalita. Oh, Jonah, Vanessa, you guys are so wholesome. (laughs) It's so sweet. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I feel these subjects, I feel like it was stuff I haven't thought about in so long. So it's so funny to kind of talk about it and have people weigh in. Did you have a lot of, were you a pet person growing up? Not really. I mean, there was a time, uh, like two years, that my parents weren't together very long after I was born. So living with my dad's family for two years, 15 to 17, that's when I had like a run of pets. And um, that was a period where I learned like what the best boundaries are for having a pet, you know? Like we should have had an indoor outdoor cat, but we had like a couple of dogs. And these are like, (laughs) we had one dog my dad just like knew some guy from the flea market and was like he's got some puppies so he got the runt and he named him chance and then we got bishop 
another like Rottweiler and Bishop was amazing. And Bishop taught me so much about like dogs and like actually how to have a good relationship with dogs. Uh, I was living in New York uh, at the Juilliard School and I did like a summer of, uh, of hostessing in Chelsea at this restaurant. And it was basically like being the mayor of the block. And I learned a <laughs> lot about like, about like social stuff in New York City no one talks to each other except like if you're going to ask for directions or like rob someone, except when you have a dog, people like drop that. Yes. I've, I noticed that when I lived in New York and even when I would ask people for directions, they would ignore me. But I remember if what I remember being with my friends who had dogs and people would love to like say hi to their dogs. And I was like, wow, you guys could be a lot nicer to humans. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> That's great. I want to go back a little bit. You, so you're at Juliet and you're hostessing at the same time. I mean, what what was that like? I feel like you would be a good hostess. I I was hostessing in the summer. Okay. So between my between my first and second year, so I wasn't 20. I was like 19 turning 20. Uh between my first and second year, I started hostessing in the summer um to make some cash because my time was so so the the first year, your schedule, at least at that time, and I'm group 39, and that means that like I was there the 39th year that Juilliard, uh, the drama division was in existence. Okay. So so for Juilliard people, it's like oh I'm group four, I'm group 16, I'm group oh so you must know blah blah blah. blah got blah. it, got it, got so, it. So um so I was group 39. So at that time, our schedule was 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. Monday through Friday, one hour guaranteed for lunch, one hour guaranteed for dinner. But that was our schedule, and so that was voice classes, dance classes, and so. Uh, Juilliard accepts anybody like the drama division. There is no like age requirement for Juilliard. So when I was there, the oldest person in our division, the drama division was 39 years old. And he was like a class or he was the class below me. So, um, so uh, Adam Driver went to Juilliard after he went, after he was in the Marines or uh, he was in the, military. So yeah. So, so you get, and, and they only accept, well, my year was the first year that they stopped accepting 21 and cutting it down to at least 18. That was like the, the cut program, which is really sick. (laughs) What they would do. What do you mean? They stopped. So, uh, so pre group 39. So group 38, one to 38, the cut program at Juilliard was this. They would accept 21 into the, into the group. At the end of first year, they would put at least, I'm terrible with math because I went to Oh, I thought art you meant school. the age 21. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. They would accept 21 people. 21 people and it cut it down to at least eight, at least 18. So uh, from 21 to 18, plus or minus, uh, they would put people on probation. That probation meant that the teachers as a whole felt like you were not 
progressing as an artist and getting the techniques and everything on par with the group. So you're dead weight for the group. And so if you don't get your shit together by the end of the first, uh, the first semester of second year, you're going to be cut from Juilliard for good. So you're saying at least three of the 21 would be told that? 20, yeah, at least three. At least three. Would be cut, at least three. But okay. there are graduating classes of 12. So this cut Whoa. program was, it was like, be on your shit. And so there was a culture of Juilliard and there was the Juilliard curse. So Robin Williams was one of the cuts, right? Eric LaSalle was one of the cuts. So the Juilliard curse had become that the people that they would cut would be more successful than the people that actually finished at Juilliard. Wow. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so it, it, the tide, the tides have turned, but the cut program uh, made the Christmas party for second years mandatory because at the Christmas party, they would do the cutting. That's how festive. so brutal. <laughs> Vanessa, I'm wondering like how you feel about, like, do you feel like any similars between that and Saturday Night Live? Because you sort of have this job, but you're sort of like constantly kind of have to prove yourself. Well, you know, I, my first season of SNL, nobody got let go after my first season. Um, so I, and I truly like coming from the Midwest and not having like, having like seen so much SNL, but not like really read up about it or anything. I truly was like, nobody gets, uh, nobody gets like, like I, I realized later that like my first summer after SNL, I, like after the summer after my first season, I should have been like so freaked out, I guess. But I was totally like, whatever, see you next year. Like I didn't think, <laughs> I didn't think anyone got cut. And then a friend of mine got let go like the se- middle of my second season. And I was, that's when it like dawned on me. Like, oh, people get let go. They don't just like leave. Like I, I, I knew that people got let go, but I just, I truly was like in such a different place about it. it the thing is though, like with SNL was like you, you never found out if you were really getting like, like all of that stuff happened like on a certain date in the summer is when you got like your renewal. And I never really thought about it until that date, like that date was like, I didn't, I was able to sort of put that in a separate space and not really think about it. Cause I think, I don't know. I had like sort of a alien mind about it. And by alien mind, I don't know exactly what I mean. I've never used that term before, but I just mean like, that's great. I can't imagine having a job or like being in a school like that either. I feel like that would give me so oh much anxiety. Oh my God. Is it still like that, <laughs> that they cut so many people? No. So oh, my, so they stopped. That's what my, you're my year, they only accepted 18. So yeah, like for me, like getting into the school, I just like at my audition, it was, it was just like, just do the thing. If they say like, if you have extra stuff that you want to like, that you have prepared, like show us at one part of the callback, <laughs> which the audition is crazy. But um, but at one point they're like, yeah, if you have other stuff. And I just like did a one woman show for them. It was just like, yeah, like that's 
that I, I know this one and this Shakespeare and this because I, I was going to this like arts high school and I was just absorbing everything. And so it was like, I got it all, baby. And they were just like, OK, we'll take it. <laughs> that's amazing. Well, yeah. So that's a good lesson for our listeners. If you want to go somewhere super competitive, don't research it too much. Don't psych yeah. yourself out. Just yeah, do your thing. don't psych yourself out. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Great. Well, we will be back with more with Shalita after this break. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. I never thought I'd take my three young kids to Sicily to solve a century-old mystery, but that's what I'm doing in my new podcast, The Sicilian Inheritance. Join us as we travel thousands of miles on the beautiful and crazy island of Sicily, as I trace my roots back through a mystery for the ages and untangle clues within my family's origin story, which has morphed like a game of telephone through the generations. Was our family matriarch killed in a land deal gone wrong? Or was it by the Sicilian Mafia? A lover's quarrel? Or was she, as my father believed, a witch? Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. And we're back. And Shalita, I wanted to say really quick how we met. Um, well, we have never met, but over Zoom. We've Zoomed before. <laughs> um, because I wrote and produced uh, Search Party, the podcast for iHeartMedia and HBO Max. And... Um, you were such a great guest on that podcast. I think it was you and Charles Rogers, one of the creators. And I feel like almost every guest on the podcast talked about Cassidy Diamond and just what an amazing oh character that was. And I just feel like we would be remiss if we didn't just talk about Cassidy just a little bit for Search Party fans. Yes. Oh, Jonah. <laughs> we need to talk about Cassidy. Cassidy, for those of you, I don't think this is really a spoiler, but the, but also if you haven't seen season three of Search Party yet, what are you doing? Yeah, you're nuts. But Cassidy <laughs> Diamond was Dory's lawyer on season three of Search Party. And I mean, one of the funniest characters I've seen on TV. I mean, truly so funny. That was so I, I don't I don't it was just so great. It was just so incredible. 
I know this isn't oh, really man, a question. I feel like we're just talking about we funny. We, we, don't, we aren't really asking you anything. But <laughs> no, I love it. Where did it sort of? Come, I mean, like how how did you kind of get into that sort of character? Because it seems you know obviously so different from your own personality. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, yeah. Um, <laughs> and nothing against Cassidy. I love Cassidy, but I'm just saying. <laughs> no, I fucking love Cassidy too, man. Like, and and so when I got the audition, like I I was in a place in my like, and when I say this, people get so like scary. I've said this to people who have left jobs as well and have been super successful um, in terms of like continuing to work and like do things that people enjoy. Um, And they get super scared. Like, no, like you can't have that boundary. I was like, I will only work on jobs that I would actually watch. Like if I read the script, like if it's a film, if I read the script and I'm like, I would fucking watch this. Like I would be, if I was like on Netflix, like I would fucking watch this. I would do, I would do it. And, and so if it was a TV show and there were like episodes, I go and I watch. And before I used to, in my auditions, before this like change in my like, boundaries with my career, I would get an audition. I would go and research because at Juilliard, it was like research everything. Don't think you know anything about anything, just research it. And so, and that's how Cassidy, like that's the heart of Cassidy, right? The research that I did um, that led me to what I did. So, um, so I, I would, watch the stuff and I would try to, I would watch from the perspective of this is what the producers or the directors of this piece, this is what they like. And so when I audition, I'm going to transform into this character, but using that lens and, and I would do all this fucking work for these auditions, man. And you don't get like, you only get like maybe 2% of what you try for, you know? And so putting in that amount of work, like the rejection, and then I like worked on my relationship with that. But I was like, yo, I'm only going to do stuff that I would watch. And I would watch the stuff and I would be like, I don't like this. And so I'm not going to waste my time auditioning for it because I'm not going to get it anyway, because we don't get each other. The truth is I don't like your stuff. I'm going to come in and because I know I don't like it, it's not gonna it's not gonna work. And so I'm not gonna get it. It's a waste of time, your time, my time. Let's not. So I watched Search Party episode one, and then I binged the whole two seasons because I was like, this fucking show is hysterical. These people are hilarious, terrible and hilarious. And the kind of comedy, like the spirit of the comedy, like the, you know, like I can tell that the creators like the actors. I can tell that, you know, like there are things that as someone who has had like bad job experience, I now look at and for like how they're telling the story and what they're making the actors do and how they're making the actors look and like what, you know, just like, do I like it? And I loved it. And so when I found out that it was a recast, I was like, well, then yeah, like I'll take it seriously. And so I put it on tape and I got this note. I actually like, 
it's sometimes really great to fill like tape with other actors because you get really great notes. And I got this great note uh, from Jeremy Tardy. I'll shout him out. And he was like, what if I did the monologue? It was actually, they made you audition with the uh, the courtroom, the opening scene. Oh, the my, opening God. Scene. oh my God. Oh my God. So he was like, what if, because I was like, I, I had a pass at it. And I was like, I don't know, man. I don't know if I like that. And he was like, what if you're not sure that you're going to win at this? Like, what if you're really not sure that you're going to win? Because you don't know. <laughs> so there are things that sometimes when you like, like something or like you get ahead of the material kind of. And so when you get a note like that, it's like it makes you think about like how you're approaching it. And I sent it in. I got a call back to fly to New York. I met Alia and Charles and SV and we got in the room and like we did like a couple of scenes with Alia and yeah, I just was like, cool. They gave me a note. I love notes, <laughs> love them. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for helping me help me. Thank you. <laughs> I will do the note. <laughs> Watch me. <laughs> right. So, um, so, and then I bounced. And then I like called my manager outside and I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to go have lunch and then like get on the plane and like, go back home and then I'm like at lunch and she called me and was like you got the part so (laughs) so that was like how it happened and so as an actress to like like something and like people already to like then get to act with them (laughs) it's something that every fan actually wants like that's fan fiction like they're like creating their own so it was just like wow like this is just like this is the shit and then to like see the the reaction from other fans of the show um and how they felt about Cassidy um that was just like that was even better like wow Amazing. That's so great. Amazing. I wanted to segue into um, the topic that you brought today, which um, I don't know if Cassidy would be into this. Absolutely not. No, definitely not. Um, At no point (laughs) in her life. (laughs) Yeah, she she is probably healthier than this. But um, we wanted to talk today about um, just sort of the disgusting food we ate as teens <laughs> and you brought in the fact that you would have Funnings and Pepsi for breakfast in high school and I, that is an incredible combo. We'd love to hear what your Funyun Pepsi uh, childhood Shalita routine was like. Oh God. So this was in high school. So I went to six different elementary schools. I went to the same middle school, but I moved around a lot. And I just like, at that point, I was 11 and I was like, take control of the situation. (laughs) We're not going to change my address. That's it. I'm just going to always get to school, but I just won't change my address. So, um, and then I lived in, I like, left my mom's family when I was 15 and moved in with my dad's family. And I was started going to uh, Baltimore School for the Arts. 
And so in Baltimore, did y'all know that they make those children ride the city bus to school? They no. Them. Yes. Yes. Wow. Yes. So by that point, I had become a rebellious teenager. And but I had been in Virginia the whole time of my rebellion. And I didn't realize how privileged this rebellion actually was. But I took a school bus to school. Like when I went to school, I took a school bus and it was dedicated to me and the people who were on the corner with me. And we all got in to the same place and we were all going to the same place. You don't have to think about it. Well, when I got to Baltimore uh, and I started going to Baltimore School for the Arts, the other kids, like my my stepbrother who was in high school as well, he took the city bus and my stepsister began to take the city bus. But the two youngest ones, I would walk to school because they were in elementary school. And so when I started going to school, because um, I switched in the middle of 10th grade, um, switched schools, the <laughs> my dad was like, you're going to have to take the city bus. And I was like, absolutely not. Like, I can't do that. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean I have to do that? So um, there, uh, there was a period where I did take the city bus, but Vanessa, Jonah, I kept getting lost. Uh, oh, I kept man. getting on the wrong bus or getting off on the wrong part. And I had a roller book bag and I would be like walking around Baltimore City. This was pre like smartphones. So I would have uh. to like smell where my school is and I would miss first period, you know, whatever. So my stepmom finally was like, okay, I can take you to school when I drive to work. And I was like, perfect. And so she was going through a rough time in her life, okay? Because uh, being married to my dad was really tough. And I knew that. And so, you know, she would do this thing where she would go to, uh, she would go to the gas station on her <laughs> okay, way. Okay, okay. And, uh, you know, just pick up a little treat, you know, for sure. herself and for me. And for me, it was Funyuns and Pepsi. I was like, this combination, this is great. Because the Pepsi reminded me of Virginia. And, you know, I really liked Funyuns. I I thought that they were a delicious, light, kind of bad snack. Like, of all the bad snacks that you could have, Funyuns, it's just kind of like crispy air that's a little garlicky, a little funky. Um, so, yeah. so that would be my that would be my breakfast. That would be my breakfast. Yeah, that's so f- I was just telling Jonah that I recently had Funyuns truly like a week ago. I was visiting a friend of mine and she's Australian and she had never had Funyuns. And I was like, we got to try Funyuns. Now, I hadn't had them in probably like 25 years (laughs) and I tried them and um, they hold up. They're really good. For those of you who haven't tried Funyuns, I don't know what's going on except maybe, but they're kind of like faux onion rings chips and they're very good. Jonah and I were looking them up. We did some serious research on Funyuns. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Do you want to do some report on some of your research? Sure. So here's what I found out. The Mandela effect, I think it's something to do with Nelson Mandela. Like people thought he died, but he didn't. And it's like all this stuff that people thought was true from being a kid that isn't true. Like the Berenstein Bears is spelled like the 
Bernstein Bears. Are you familiar with this at all, Shalia? Have you heard about no, this? No, no. It's really interesting. I probably I might be pronouncing it oh, wrong. Oh, go ahead, go on. No, so tell there's me. one with Funyuns where people thought that it was remember it being spelled F U N I O N S, but it's right. F U N Y U N S, and it's always been that. So I guess there's been a lot of talk about that. Um, there's also a flaming hot version, yes. which I don't know if Didn't you've tried try that. that. Didn't it's, try um, it. It kind of competes, I think, with the Flaming Hot Cheetos, although um, it's very <laughs> divisive in the snack community. <laughs> and they've yeah. also had some uh, fun new flavors. And they've Over had the a years. chili lemon flavor, a steakhouse onion flavor. Yeah. And then I got really deep into Flaming Hot Cheetos and how it was <laughs> supposedly invented by a janitor who worked for Frito Lay. And he came up with the idea. And then. The people employees say he didn't come up with it and it's he's wrote a book about it. it's being made into like a huge movie what? Um, so all kinds of stuff uh vanessa do you have anything to, to add about about funny history well just that like who knew that it had such a a storied history and i guess uh, flaming hot cheetos to be fair are a separate chip but um, <laughs> separate chip yeah yeah, yeah. just yeah. just that um, just wanted to shoehorn that in there yeah just that you know if you were to ask me honestly if funions were still existed i would say i i don't think so but not only do they still exist but the um flaming hot funions also are still you can still get them and you know it's just an example i mean it's so funny that you would have that for breakfast because i remember <laughs> there was a point when i would have like clearly canadians for breakfast and then my mom was like you shouldn't be having these for breakfast and also i'm going to stop buying them they're too expensive <laughs> so i think that period lasted one week <laughs> but it's just like the kind of stuff that you eat when you're a teenager like jonah jonah has jonah has some funny stories about like the snacks that you would get like go off and get while you were in school but also a current story okay so okay, yeah this is ahead. a current story Do, and, and this is like incredibly embarrassing and something <laughs> Do you ever have something where it's very embarrassing, but you don't realize it until you're saying it out loud? <laughs> oh, Jonah, oh, we're here Most for you. Things. Okay, yeah. okay. So I was talking to Vanessa and we were talking about our school lunches kind of in preparation for this. And I was like, yeah, you know, I actually check out the menu for our school lunch. Like every, you know, every couple of years, I'll go on our high school's website and look at what the menu's <laughs> like. <laughs> and, and Vanessa was like, are you serious? And I was like, yeah, they posted online. Like, I want to see how it's changed. And then I just fully realized how insane of a thing to do that is. Yeah, like Jonah sent me the link. Um, he sent you the link! If we were to get lunch there today, let's see. Oh, and our producer Olivia just put it in the chat. Um, yeah, if we were so get, funny. If we were to get lunch there today, it would be pepperoni or cheese pizza, romaine salad with dressing, assorted fruit, milk choice. Yes. However... And this harkens back to some of the stuff we've talked about on earlier podcasts. It looks like next week they have Pizza Hut pepperoni or cheese pizza. So like what were we talking Friday about? The second Friday of the month. Yeah. The second Friday of the month they have Pizza Hut, which Jonah pointed out used to be Domino's. So they've switched yeah. over wow. from Domino's to Pizza Hut. I mean, keep in mind, I was in high school, you know, 20 years ago, but... uh Also, the other thing is like at the side, it says... <laughs> Daily entree offerings, which I was impressed by, okay? Because I always brought my lunch. Yeah. I always had a packed lunch that actually our mom would make, like, even though I was fully a teenager. But the daily entree offerings include turkey and cheese sandwich, 
PB&J with cheese stick and goldfish crackers, which sounds so good. Um, <laughs> chef salad with crackers. Yum. Veggie burger available upon request. Yogurt parfait. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, crispy, spicy chicken sandwich. Tuesday, Thursday, cheeseburger, hamburger. Then the milk. <laughs> there's daily fruit and vegetable offerings. I won't go through them all. But the milk choices, which Jonah pointed out, were 1% white, fat-free chocolate, fat-free strawberry. <laughs> Interesting. I feel like I looked up this menu like maybe five years ago and it was much more like it was like much more healthy, like more complicated dishes. And I was impressed. So I feel like I was yeah, I feel like this is a lot of pizza based. Well, Fridays are pizza day. Yeah, but every day is kind of, um, you know, they have this fiestata Mexican pizza on the ninth. They have cheese lasagna (laughs) roll up. I feel that's a lot of um, meatballs with marinara. It's a heavy lunch. (laughs) It's a heavy lunch. And Shelly, I checked also Baltimore School for the Arts. You can check out your menu. It's very similar. Oh my gosh, show me. Yeah, I mean, oh my God. Lunchtime at BSA, y'all, was it was a crazy education I was getting, man. It was crazy. It was buck wild. But show me, show me the menu. The food was terrible. It was terrible. It was like hot dogs. It was disgusting. Terrible. You're a successful actor. I imagine you're not sitting around being like, I wonder what <laughs> kids at my high school are eating well, today. Well, you know what? Yeah. You know what, though? No, Jonah, let me tell you what I was thinking. <laughs> let me tell you what I was thinking. I was like, wow, hold up. Let's, like, back that shame train up, right? Like, <laughs> we were like, Jonah, that's really weird that you, like, looking up the menu or whatever, right? But I was like, if we back that up, it's not like he's looking at no kids. He's looking at the menu. And I was like, and why would he look at the menu? Well, maybe this was a place where, because for me, I I don't have the experience of one high school, right? And like one, and so you spent four years there, I'm assuming. Yeah, and five, five years there. That's a big chunk of time. And the food was delicious. Like you were like, I really like the food here. And so every couple of years, it's not like you're checking up every month. That would be strange. But every couple of years, you go on a nostalgia train. Some of us pull out pictures and some of us go online and check things. And you go online and one of the things you check is the menu. Like how the food? Well, it seems like it's not every few years. It seems like it's about one. Once a, week. <laughs> it's not once a week. It's once every few. Years. Well, th- this week it's been researched, so it doesn't count. Right. Doesn't but I will say that. She's I, like, roll that shave train. I, I do. <laughs> I do love also this might figure into I love looking at menus. Like, I feel like if my wife is like, we're going to this restaurant in three months, I'm like, okay, I got to check it out. I, I do too. See I do too. I love you. looking at menus. Yeah, that's, me. that's you. And that's what's beautiful about you, Jonah, is that <laughs> you like the menu. You're the menu, yeah. dude. And we need you because we need somebody when we're looking at the menu and we're squinting at the words and trying to picture images. We need someone to be like, actually, that's disgusting. You should go with this you know what i mean like i already checked we need you like you are an asset at the restaurant wow yes yes i feel so validated here about something Yeah, man. that's your life that's your life man yeah let people bask in it jonah i feel like you used to eat a lot of pretty disgusting food when we were growing (laughs) up too like you were talking about when you were like in art class and stuff 
Oh, yeah, when I was in art yeah. class, our teacher would let us go and we would eat buttered noodles. It was just like <laughs> oh, pasta girl. noodles, like covered in butter. And, and I they thought were, they were like you the would best just thing. go up to the cafeteria and they would just have them. Yeah. Yeah. They would just have them. I mean, we weren't supposed <laughs> to leave class, but th- that's one art teacher was really nice to us. And she would just let us go up there. And yeah, I would just miss Reinhardt. Was it during lunch? Was it? No, during, no, it was just I think maybe like in the it afternoon they just had buttered noodles around. I think maybe it was someone else's lunch. Like there were multiple lunch periods, right, so maybe right, it was right, a different right. lunch period. But yeah, that was mainly what I remember eating was was Domino's pizza and, and butter noodles, and complaining <laughs> about how expensive the pizza was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, show me my menu. Show me my menu. It was terrible. But yeah, I mean, it looks pretty standard school stuff. You got strawberry banana so yogurt. Similar to our menu. Yeah. Um, everybody's got pizza on Fridays, I guess. Cheese pizza wedge. Yeah. Well, I mean, think about it, right? Like, you got to entice those kids to want to be there, right? And sure. want to behave, right? So, right. like, yeah, like, give them some pizza every week, you know? Yeah. That's what, you know, makes people want to come to school anyway is, like, pizza. Yeah. Yeah, but that food was gross. That's why I don't check it. Like, yeah, it would be yeah. weird if I checked it. It was disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back with Shalita. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. I never thought I'd take my three young kids to Sicily to solve a century-old mystery. But that's what I'm doing in my new podcast, The Sicilian Inheritance. Join us as we travel thousands of miles on the beautiful and crazy island of Sicily. As I trace my roots back through a mystery for the ages and untangle clues within my family's origin story, which has morphed like a game of telephone through the generations. Was our family matriarch killed in a land deal gone wrong? Or was it by the Sicilian mafia? A lover's quarrel? Or was she as my father believed, a witch. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later, the co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. 
Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, we're back. Shalita, now we'd like to play a game with you, okay? Oh, I love games. Okay, great. Okay, so this game is called Back to the Present. Joan and Vanessa, we've got to go back to the present. And, you know, the name's obviously a take on the nostalgic Back to the Future film franchise. Very funny. Um, But in this segment, we each get to say something from our childhood that we wish would come back. And to give you a little time to think, we're going to say ours first, no pressure, and then we'll come back to you. So, Jonah, why don't you give your pick for Back to the Present, which I think is going to segue really nicely from what we were just talking about. Yeah. So my pick for Back to the Present is this Pizza Hut pizza we used to get growing up. I remember getting it for my birthday. It was the double cheeseburger pizza. Okay. So the Pizza Hut double cheeseburger pizza. Pizza Hut double cheeseburger pizza. Not to be confused with apparently Papa John's currently has a cheeseburger pizza. That's not what I'm talking about. I haven't tried that. Yeah. And you, you said to me earlier, you thought they're ripping Pizza Hut off. I think so. But um, there wasn't a ton of information about this. I remember having a birthday party at our house and everyone eating it and getting kind of (laughs) sick. But I thought it was great. I did a bunch of research and um, I found an interview with this guy who invented the meat lover's pizza, the veggie lover's pizza, the double cheeseburger pizza. And uh, and this guy um, like is very into himself. Like he he clearly thinks (laughs) he's like he's like a total genius. Which it's like, all right, you decided like put a bunch of meat or vegetables on a pizza, like okay, but uh, but yeah, double cheeseburger pizza. I think was basically yeah, just like a bunch of hamburger meat, cheese. Okay. <laughs> I, that's all I remember. And on just, the pizza, I just, I just was really into it. So it's like a pizza with a bunch of hamburger meat on it. Yeah, like a <laughs> <Okay>. pizza <laughs> hamburger hybrid, and it was double. So I guess it had like a lot of meat on it. Got a it. lot of cheese. Hence the word double. A lot of okay. cheese. Double. Yeah. You know, I guess at one point someone said to him, you know, you're in trouble. And this someone said, because everything there is to do with pizza has been done. And he said, this made me a good kind of angry. And that inspired him to make <laughs> yeah. all this. P- a hero. Pizza. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, I know that like origin stories are good, but I don't right. think everything needs an origin story. You I know? totally agree. I totally agree. It's also like, <laughs> and fast forward like 20 years now, people are doing these kind of artisan pizzas, you know, yeah. different, you know, really good ingredients like Roberta's and stuff. This guy certainly didn't see that coming. No, certainly so, didn't. So and I guess everything hasn't been done. Nope. Yeah. I mean, this is this is more of a this is more of a, uh, you know, shows that the guy who said everything's done with pizza is wrong. It's more it's more showing that he's wrong rather than celebrating the guy who's so cocky about <laughs> double cheeseburger pizza. <laughs> exactly. But one yeah. of my favorite things about looking up these old products is looking up like the statements people make about it. Because yeah. like, these CEOs at these companies, because it's like, oh, so... yeah, you love hearing what the CEOs have to say. <laughs> so- it's so insane. But yeah, this was a good pizza. This was obviously, you know, like like Shalita's breakfast um, was not super healthy, <laughs> was um, probably not something I would eat regularly now. Actually, I actually have my own pizza pizza grill. I make my own pizza dough. So oh I, God, I've really stepped amazing. up my pizza game as an adult. But uh, yeah, do you have you done an egg on a pizza yet? I, I haven't done that. No, you got to do it, man. Gotta do the egg. Once like, you do it, you never go back, man. What, uh, you put it on. You you cook it on or you put it on. At the Yeah, like a, man. Yeah. So I was introduced to this. Ah, shoot. 
I don't remember the original restaurant, but Marta doesn't do it anymore. Marta in New York City, they had this like truffle pizza, but you know who does do it? Bottega Louie. They have the tartufa pizza and it's like a mushroom pate and like the cheese, the, the sauce, you know, but a mushroom pate and then an egg that's cooked sunny side up. And then when they bring it over, they break the yolk and they pour it all over the pizza. Y'all, it's the best. It's the best. It's the best. And I've had it at different restaurants that I can't remember the name, but Bottega Louie like always has it in LA. And uh, I have a Costco membership. And they have pizza at Costco? Uh, The pizza at Costco is delicious. And you know what I do? I take that pizza home and I crack an egg and I put foil around the the dough, uh, the the crust, uh-huh. and I put it up close to the the broil and I cook my egg on my Costco pizza, like heating it up, but like getting the egg cooked. Yeah. And then I crack it and I and I get to do that at home. But it's amazing. It's so really? delicious. Yeah. You should look it up, man. Look it I up, will. man. I yeah. Will. I'll look into that. And yeah, uh, from some pizza connoisseurs, you know, pizza connoisseurs. Yeah. great. So this guy's learning that even more stuff can be done in a yeah. good kind of angry yeah. way. Tom, Tom Ryan is learning this guy. Yeah. He's yeah. learning that he didn't come up with every idea for pizza. Amazing. Yeah. So no. yeah, maybe Tom Ryan can take a, take a that big one. Take a chill pill. <laughs> Great. Well, that was that was super that was super educational. Uh, <laughs> Vanessa, what about you? What's your my pick? pick for Back to the Present would be roller rinks. Now, I know that some old timey roller rinks still exist, but I have to say, Jonah and I were talking about this. Like, I spent so much of my childhood at the roller rink, and it's sort of they're just not as popular anymore. And then this was even before like rollerblading and stuff. It was like you'd go to the roller rink, your parents would drop you off. Honestly, a great activity for kids because you're getting there's like a fitness element to it. Yeah. I was reading an article that talks about how they were sort of like the first boy girl parties, too, because you were sort of like in middle school and like you just would like go around the rink and you could like go to the side concession stand and like buy food. And it was just like such a fun thing to do. And I miss that thing. Now, I I did look it up in the Chagrin Valley Roller Rink which Jonah and I used to go to a lot in Chagrin Falls, Ohio, does still exist. And it's been there... 74 years, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah which is... Yeah. A lot of birthday parties crazy. there. A lot of, you know, light shows. A lot of, like, 80s music playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shalita, yeah. did, you, did you ever go to, to roller rinks? Oh, my up? gosh, yes. Yes. Yeah. I grew up before... Uh, social media, like those years were pre-social media. And I'm listening to you, Vanessa, and I'm like, yeah, man, like the fact that we don't do that, like what does that mean, man? And I'm like, it just means that we don't enjoy being together with people. We will go to a party and like now part, I don't go to parties. I'm like anti-party now. I used to throw a party a month at one point in my life. I am anti-party because the truth is a lot of these parties that we go to like nine times out of 10, it's like a lot of people standing next to each other on their phones. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Or standing next to each other and only talking to the people that they came there with. Yeah. So 
it but but not really moving and because that makes you visible right which is why like at the dance party you know like the club like people don't dance like they you know like you don't want to be seen at the club at the dance club you don't want to be seen dancing and so it's like weird and so yeah i don't know it's something about this era that is like a lot of our social things have eroded yeah for sure. a- along with the the prevalence of roller skating rinks yeah yeah I wonder if kids still go. I mean, it's still in business, but I wonder if yeah. it's as much of a thing. Because I felt like when we were growing up, there just weren't that many things to do. The, yeah. And I mean, there were roller skating birthday parties. I remember, you know, the way that I started roller skating is I went to Tracy Schaefer's birthday party. I must have been, we must have been pretty young and I was really scared and I didn't know how to roller skate. And it was like really upsetting for me. Mm-hmm. And so our mom signed me up for like private lessons at the roller rink. So I like took really? private lessons. Yeah to learn how to roller skate. And then I took like group lessons. And in the group lessons, I remember me and this other kid were like the best ones in the group lessons class because I had already taken private lessons. Mm -hmm. So like I was like so good in the group lessons class. And then (laughs) and then at, at birthday parties, I totally knew how to do it. I had multiple birthday parties at the roller rink. Like it was such a like, it was such a good parenting thing actually that our mom did that like she saw how like upsetting it was for me to like be scared to roller skate and not know how to do it. And she just was like, let's get you lessons. Yeah. And like, all you have to do is like apply time there and you'll get better. I mean, there I was, (laughs) I was, I was skating to the Ghostbusters song. I was doing the cross at the yes! corner thing. You know, yeah, just like letting it, yeah. letting it I was it doing that, skating backwards, whatever. Oh, I was like... backwards! Got it. Oh, amazing! Yeah. So um, I miss roller rinks. I, I, you know, I hope that maybe they'll come back in style. Yeah. Maybe, but I feel like they'll be like... Um, fancy or something like yeah. you know like yeah. they'll have fan- to be yeah they'll have yeah. to be because yeah. everything is so expensive and how right. does a roller rink make money if they right. don't charge a lot because their rent is too high and right blah, 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 right. Blah, blah. right 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 well, Shalita, what have you thought of anything that you'd like yeah, to bring I did. back? Okay, it's a great. pizza related. Oh, and great. you know what? Like, I think these schools are in cahoots with pizza makers because I do too. It's like a comfort place for me. The pizza of it all. I love it. So this is pizza related, but it's not really it's about the pizza, but it's not really about the pizza. So do y'all remember accelerated readers? The accelerated reading reading program. Vanessa, this sounds like something you would know about more than is me. it was it a specific? <laughs> Maybe it was just in Virginia, but it was a program where you if you checked out and read like X amount of books a month, you would get a coupon for a personal pan pizza from Pizza Hut. Okay. Yes, we've talked about this was um, called Book It for us. Oh, Book It. Yeah, Book It, Accelerated Readers. Yeah, yours was called, it was called Accelerated Readers where you Yeah, lived? but there were some, I've heard of Book It too. Yeah, because I went to a lot of different elementary schools. So, you know, uh, yeah. So, but I, I know Book It too. But yeah, and you would get that coupon and oh man, you know, whenever I could redeem it, I would strut into that Pizza Hut <laughs> 
with my coupon. <laughs> like I worked for this, Daddy. Put it on the table. <laughs> Mama's hungry, and I got a story or fourteen to tell because that's how many books I read. <laughs> But I would love it if we bring that back, right? Like for adults, right? And it's like, yeah, like if we could like get some relationship going with the local library, and like we just like. Keep the library going, and we check out a lot of great books, and we start reading again. Because <sighs> I'm super busy, but I am trying to find ways to like incorporate reading. And I've been using Audible, which has like been great. And like I'm driving a lot because I'm in Mexico now, and we're like just like driving all over Mexico and like visiting different cities, and and so we're on the road a lot, and so we listen to like audio books, but. You know, there's something about a physical book that's like really like meaningful for your relationship with yourself. And so, if we're encouraged to read more by being、uh, lured with a pizza, I might actually consider it. You know, like a good free pizza, like a whole one. Because、right, I'm an adult right, right, now, not、right. like a personal pan, like a large. We, you know, we have looked into this, and and it still exists. Book it、What? still exists. Yeah. What? They they um they used to do at least in Ohio. You used to be able to get like a pizza party for your school if you like won like the yeah most, it's the whole yeah. school yeah. But, you, but you'd get personal pan pizzas, and they still do that. And there's like a limit on how many you can get per person. But they still do it, and I think you know. I don't think a similar thing really exists for adults. But you could like put yourself on some kind of <laughs> regimen where you were like, if I finish X number of books, I'm gonna buy myself a pizza. That's true. A pizza, you could have your own. and、yeah. it would be attached to like getting healthier because,、uh, ladies and gentlemen,、uh, the <laughs> pandemic. Has、I、reopened know, like all this time you spent with yourself. You like let me go back and I have funyuns again for the first <laughs> time in like twenty years、did. or something. Yeah, during the pandemic, and I put hot sauce on it and I swore that I invented a new snack treat. And then I came to Mexico and realized I'm just late. <laughs> just late, and I used a gross little snack <laughs> instead of a chicharron. So,、um, so yeah, it would be good for me to do that. I'm gonna do that. I'm mean, gonna do that. Jonah reads so many books. You'd be getting your pizza reward. You'd be getting like a pizza <laughs> a day.、So、good. Yeah. Well, I make my own pizzas, but I haven't. I haven't equated <laughs> those things with each other. But maybe yeah, I should. Maybe you've yeah. been sort of doing your own little adult book it, not even knowing it because yeah, you've been making、exactly. pizzas and reading books. Maybe, you live maybe, it. You live it. Live I guess it. what, what, I, don't, what、yeah. I don't understand about book it is like. Who's? How does the business model work? Because like, is this just a write-off for Pizza Hut? Because I guarantee you, Pizza Hut like is not just like donating hey, Jonah, pizzas for nothing. Jonah's so Jonah's so wary of、uh, of big corporations. <laughs> He wants to know what you、oh. should be, Jonah. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I'd like to、He's、know、so、that answer as well. No, the way these、Pizza、guys、Hut. talk, they're not sitting around being like, "How can we just help kids?" Yeah, you know, no, I think getting... it's really good. I think it's really good PR for them. I think it makes、right. them look PR.、Really、that's、good. what it is. Yeah, you know, and it's totally goodwill、right. towards the company, and then you know, here we are. You know, they've got probably hundreds, thousands of schools going. You know, second Friday of every month, we're going to do a deal with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have the pizza. We should do a whole investigation on this whole pizza high school、mm-hmm. lunch. <laughs> yeah, Jonah, I can see you doing it this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I will do it this weekend. I- 
<laughs> I'm, I'm in grad school and it's like my last week of classes, but I think I need to put all that aside. Yeah. And, focus and, on this. and focus in on this Pizza Hut angle. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. What, are, what are they all do? What's going on? Uh, um, well, Shalita, this was so much fun. Thank you so, so much for joining us. Um, and to everybody for listening. Um, Shalita, where can people find you? If they want to, if they want to hear more, see more, obviously search party season three, if you haven't seen it, Um, but where else? Yes. Search party season three. And then uh, we've got you on Netflix. (gasps) Yes. That's right. right. (laughs) Season three of you. Yes. 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 And then Instagram. It's my name. Twitter. It's my name. (laughs) Okay. Incredible. Amazing. Everybody, if you enjoyed our podcast, please subscribe and keep an eye out for next week's episode of How Did We Get Weird, where we'll discuss more stories from our childhood and cultural milestones like eating Funyuns and Pepsi for breakfast. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Every family has an origin story, one passed down through the generations. Mine happens to be a mystery involving my great-great-grandmother left behind in Sicily. I'm Joe Piazza, and my new podcast will transport you to the gorgeous island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a whodunit for the ages. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. 